So what CEO just got the boot due to a deal that he did with a major rap recording artist? Uh, you're going to find out this and so much more, children. What is going on? It is Lauren Delisa Coleman back with you for another episode of Beats and Bites. We are now at episode two of season three, and I am coming to you live and direct from, or recorded and direct, <laughs> um, from New York City, where it is like mad cold out here, okay? But not as cold as like the temperatures for the Iowa caucus, just like what, two days ago. But still, it's like definitely a major, major chill out there. And so it is nice to be warm and in my studio with the heat on and being able to talk to you guys. So I hope that your day or your evening, whenever you're listening to this, has been or is going well. I can't wait to get into this episode. And let me just kind of give you a little bit of like a, a taste of, I guess, like a format for this show and then tell you what's coming up. So today I'm going to give you a couple of quick like kind of news pieces and analysis. And next week we have a very cool interview with a particular startup that I definitely want you to know about. So I'm just excited to be able to get into all this just moving ahead in the new year as your favorite innovation strategy consultant looking at all things emerging tech, AI, 5G, digital currency, web three and anything 3D XR spatial computing immersive as it comes together with the entertainment industry, even more specifically music, even more specifically hip hop. Um, and let me just say, this just is giving me like a, a little like tap on my shoulder to remind you that, you know, don't forget Apple, just speaking of spatial computing, which is now the, the hot term that's being used to, I guess, refer to these, the new level of glasses, right? So Apple Visions Pro is about to drop. I was just watching CNBC.com. I'm a little bit of a junkie for CNBC um, live stream because, you know, it's just so much cool information on there and so many interesting interviews with a variety of, of CEOs from different industries. And so there was one on there from uh, who's an analyst just talking about how he can't wait to stand in line <laughs> to be able to get um, this Apple Vision Pro, but that he was suggesting everybody keep in mind that this is a Gen 1 or Generation 1 kind of drop, right? So if you could think about this in music terms, maybe this would be like, you know, kind of a mixtape kind of introduction to a taste of a larger full-on album that will give you more of what the artist will be about. So uh, apparently or reportedly, this will be a limited run on the Apple Vision Pro. As you guys already know, it's like $3,500. They're uh, anticipating that, of course, the diehard Apple fans will be, it'll sell out in like, you know, moments. Um, what this analyst was saying that uh, he envisions that in the not too distant future, the price tag coming down to approximately 1500 although, you know, who knows about that. And then being able to sell potentially 10 to, to 20 million uh, pieces, maybe per year. You know, who knows? But let's just see. But I thought I would just share that with you since I just heard it on CNBC um, about an hour and a half ago. So that's coming up. But what else do I want to tell you about? Of course, Davos is happening right now. How can you not know about the World Economic Forum's 
legendary conference that it holds every year um, at this time in Switzerland, where all the fabulous come out to talk about all things trends um, and definitely like, you know, finances, of course, the CEO of all the major banks are there. And of course, there's all the media coverage around it. And it's just a full on circus. Believe it or not, I've never actually been there because typically it kind of coincides with Sundance where I've been or like coming right back from CES and all that. I don't know. I think maybe as I'm talking to you guys about it, I should like really like put the the energy out there, do the vision board for Davos next year and also somebody sponsoring me. But I wanted to bring it up because of course you guys know, depending on how you look at this, there are many, you know, conspiracy theorists that are like, you know, this is where all of the uh, lockdowns of the world that I, these ideas and concepts are are hatched or brewed. Others are like, no, whatever. We're not going to get into that on this show. That's a, somebody else's podcast. I'm looking at it from what's the hot tech, you know, kind of conversation and, and narrative around the whole thing. Of course, you know, a lot of it is AI driven, still missing a lot about convergence, which you guys know, I am going to carry the torch eternally for that, right? It's not just about AI, but AI how it's going to converge with Web3, again, spatial computing, digital uh, currency, and so much more. Oh, by the way, another thing um, that I didn't like touch on, thinking about my CNBC obsession, I just happened to be watching when, I don't know, you know how much you guys have been following the whole SEC approval of Bitcoin ETFs and how CNBC actually had announced that it the SEC had approved it based on SEC's Twitter feed, but somebody had ha- allegedly hacked it or somebody inside of the SEC hit like send or something too quickly. Uh, you know, that we don't know. But anyway, the next day then it was officially approved, but whatever. Anyway, there's been this whole frenzy, right? Because I think if you have been looking at the whole crypto space, I mean, and there's many of you probably listening out there who are mad pioneers in this space, certainly much more than when I started kind of looking at it more from a cultural point of view when I was a contributor at Forbes, starting probably like 2017-ish, you know, looking at it from that to today, where you have major companies now, like major financial players like, you know, BlackRock getting into this space. However, what so many have said, which is true, if it started out to be something which was kind of anti-establishment and, you know, all these wonderful things that that go along with crypto now that it is not going to be that, then kind of what is, is the point? How does that kind of change and so much more? But anyway, just wanted to put that out there because I'm actually going to be working on a piece for my NASDAQ column. It'll be the first one for the year that's going to look at how this frenzy around Bitcoin ETFs will impact the Web3 space and what that's going to do to the intersection of Web3 and entertainment. You don't want to miss it. Even I don't know everything I'm going to say about it just yet, but it will be live by the podcast like next next Thursday, right? If not Wednesday, we'll just see how my schedule goes, but just kind of putting that out there. Anyway, back to what I was saying, which is about, you know, convergence, AI, digital currency, blah, blah, blah. Not really still seeing that a lot. So either I'm absolutely crazy or super out front, time will tell. But again, the narrative has been hard at Davos, of course, about AI, Sam Altman, like the AI poster boy, Um, is there and so much more. But what else do we care about? 
what rap artists are there, right? Or, you know, just recording artists in general. I have read a little bit about this, I think from political of all places, that uh, Will I Am and Wyclef, and I don't know, somebody at Political, like listening to my podcast, because did I not mention those two right at the top of the episode, like season one kickoff, you guys? Anyway, I'm looking all around the internet just to kind of see, am I missing anything, whatever, and then I see Politico has mentioned that it's some of the hot parties, and you know these things are, yeah, it's all about panel discussions and meetings and all that during the day, and at night, hardcore, like, partying. (laughs) So uh, apparently at some of the parties, uh, both Wyclef Jean and Will I Am, not together, um, have been, you know, spotted, but I'm going to keep my eyes peeled to hear anybody else, like kind of, you know, out and about and in whose company, you know, are they, are they talking about, you know, some kind of deals, whatever. So just putting that out there as a kind of mix of things that you want to kind of just stay on top of. But yeah, I'll be looking a little bit more at what comes out of Davos over the next couple of days and see if I need to, you know, kind of bring you up to speed on anything by the podcast next Thursday or in my LinkedIn um, brief that I do. You guys know I do every Tuesday morning. So that's what I have to say about Davos. What else do I want to say about what is going on with all of these um, layoffs and everything and all the tech companies, which had always been considered layoff proof almost, if you will. Today, YouTube has even like, you know, under the course, the, the Google umbrella, YouTube has even like, you know, come under the layoff chopping block. And so some are saying that this is due to AI. Some are saying that it's due to, to other elements. Here's what I think though, instead of looking at this as a potential you know, downer once people can kind of regroup and get themselves together. I think that we're going to see the most amazing wave of entrepreneurship that we may have ever seen since like, I don't know, I don't want to say as far as like the beginning of the country, but it's going to be killer because just because these people are laid off, it doesn't mean that their ideas aren't still flowing and that they don't um, have still a number of different resources and more. Those who are really savvy, I think it's going to be really, really wild. And I think the things that they create, I kind of keep saying this because I just, I feel it, that it's going to give uh, the established kind of corporations a run for their money. So watch this as it continues to kind of build. So that's like item number two um, on the news list, if you will, that I wanted to share with you. Then what else? For those of you who are on the West Coast, nearby Anaheim, or going to be finding yourself out there or want to go, just putting it in your ear if you don't know already, January 25th through 28th, which is right around the corner, the NAM show is coming up. Um, and you can go to, you know, NAM, N-A-M-M is in Mary, N is in Nancy, A is in Apple, M is in Mary, M is in Mary, dot org to check out the full list and so much more. Why do we care about this? Because of course, this is all about, you know, music and uh, so much more of, what would we say? Kind of the, 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 the guts, if you will, and the technology behind of, you know, how music works. But why else do we care? Because RZA of Wu-Tang is going to, you know, be a special honoree at this event. So I'm very excited about that. I like how he is, 
I mean, Luis is always doing this, but I, I like especially how I'm starting to see him more in, you guys know, when I went to cover um, Urban World Film Festival that, you know, he was kind of the grand marshal, you know, if you will, of that. And of course, uh, the documentary uh, Wu-Tang at Red Rocks, you know, was of course a, a, a high profile film at, at the event as well. Now he's going to be talking about, you know, a lot of the intersection of technology, music, and, you know, business around, you know, this space. And I think that that's just really interesting too. It'll be intriguing to see what he has to say specifically, though, in terms of actual, what would we say, uh, firsthand, you know, kind of just interaction with all of this, because I have not heard all that much about that just yet. But let's see. I hope he unveils something, you know, that, that's new and interesting. But um, I just love this. And so, again, if you guys find yourself out there and didn't know about this, think about it. Because, you know, like I said, the kind of, I call them like kind of nuts and bolts of like the music industry because they are, you know, it's Dolby and Yamaha and et cetera, et cetera. Things that you can't, you know, unless you're like beatboxing, right? You need this to be able to create, you know, make the sound, you know, throw the sound, right? JBL and so much, right? Um, so there you have it. That's also what I wanted to tell you about too. Now let's get into my question, like, how could I almost forget this? I'm actually probably going to touch on this a little bit. You guys know how I typically don't repurpose content, but this is so interesting that I think I'm going to kind of just delve into it a little bit more in my LinkedIn brief on Tuesday. But I started reading a bit about this yesterday and am now reading even more about the fallout now. Who is familiar with the campaign that hit, I'm going to say, was it six weeks or eight weeks? I don't know. Time is so different now, right? That you can't even really pinpoint things. But remember when there was this whole kind of ploy around Snoop saying he was giving up smoking, blah, 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 blah. And I even had talked to my brother about it. I was like, wait, is he really? What, well, how could that be? And he's like, no, no, this is about this um, smokeless fire pit. So then I, you know, dug a deep a bit deeper. And I was like, oh, okay, that kind of, it kind of makes sense. It kind of doesn't, but it does make you sit up and take notice because who didn't take notice of that? Because Snoop is kind of the poster child for all things weed smoking. You know what I mean? So I didn't really give much more thought about it. I was like, great. I don't happen to have, you know, a home in the Hamptons right now where I would be running out to buy said smokeless fire pit. But when I do, that maybe might be a brand I would consider. So I kept it moving. Now, whoa, maybe I was not the only one keeping it moving because apparently the sales are so not cute on it that the CEO has now been let go. Some saying because specifically of that deal couldn't be only that deal. It's never one thing, but I guess that was maybe the straw that broke the camel's back. I highly doubt that Snoop, you know, went through all that for like, you know, a dollar, right? So they need to get a return on that investment. I think that it's just really fascinating. And it points to two major things. This first one, I'll probably, like I said, go into more deeply in my LinkedIn newsletter, because it's so perfect for this, um, or for that, which is that you can't just really 
run in and scoop up a hip hop recording artist and be like, this is the answer to all our problems. <laughs> and, let, and let's just like make it happen. This is going to become even more critical as different deals, whether it's endorsement, whatever happens in the emerging tech space, right? In that arena, it's going to be even more important that it's authentic, that it's well thought through, that fans and consumers are brought into the campaign and into the mix and not just spoken to, because with something that's immersive, you know, it's much more impactful and, you know, you you spend more time with it and everything else that data shows us, right? So that's going to be key. And I'm going to drill down into that. On the podcast right now, though, I want to talk about it more from um, kind of a creator point of view or an artist point of view. Now, Snoop, how can you not love him? Everybody loves him. He doesn't even try. It's just like his personality. You know, I can't wait to see him again, be able to like be commentator on like the Olympics, which otherwise, unless you are really into one of the categories or you have somebody or a friend of somebody or relative of somebody who's competing, whatever, you know, gone are the days where families sit all in real time, gather on the TV and watch the Olympics. Just have to keep it real. But Snoop (laughs) providing commentary, you know, you have to check it out. He is really a a, quite a unique personality um, and an artist. There's really nobody like him. However, what I think could be just so much more beneficial to to him is like to see his team. And really, this is what all artists and, you know, creators, anybody who's collaborating with brands. And again, as it moves into the emerging technology space, that you have like a full on strategy that's not a one and done, right? That you didn't just get the money, get the contract and then like you bounce. It's not going to work. I think going forward, this is about building empires, people, because if you look at what's happening around us, those who are really, you know, playing like chess every day, lining these things up, it's not a one and done, right? There is a specific kind of cadence that is intended to have a particular outcome, which ultimately is leading to, you know, world domination and mad money. But aside from that, and I'm not necessarily promoting that, but if you are looking to do something which creates general generational wealth, which you can have enough to be able to support the communities and the um, organizations, et cetera, that you want to support, you have to be strategic in your thinking. And I think that anybody can say that they love to see when recording artists, you know, do this deal or that deal or whatever, but there's not really any cohesiveness. And then when there's like kind of a little bit of a blowback like this, it makes it even more challenging to be able to, you know, kind of move past that and to leverage it into something that's larger, that's a full-on, you know, empire. I don't think to date we have seen, or it hasn't really been reported widely when somebody like a Snoop who has been, you know, offered a contract to do something and then it has not, there's not really a return for the company on that. I know with Ripple back, ooh, probably 2019 when they had like Snoop either as a, I can't remember exactly, either he performed or was kind of a quasi uh, partner, something like this. You know, I really don't know what the ultimate outcome was with Ripple and and Snoop. I don't think it's ever been, you know, really talked about. It's not like to this day, we are Ripple because Snoop did X, Y, Z. 
And I think it's important. I think it's important for artists and their teams to be able to really make sure that there is a firm and fine strategy that protects said artists, um, brand, um, the brand mission, and so much more. Because this type of thing is just really, it's just really not cute. And it doesn't need to happen, right? It's not Snoop's, Snoop's brand, which he's spent decades building, is too valuable to be like, oh, it was affiliated with, you know, smokeless whatever. And then now they're not making any money based on what the company probably did. Because Snoop upheld his part of the bargain, right? Um, he got the visibility, he got the eyeballs. But I think as artists become more savvy and are looking at maybe doing some partial equity deals and all of that, it it just will make for a, a better a brighter, longer day um, when you are really looking at something from, you know, a, a true business opportunity. And like I said, I'm going to get into this more in my newsletter from, a, you know, an emerging tech point of view, because the mindsets all need to come together around that conference table so that it's a win for everybody. And it's no longer just about, you know, money and potentially a one and done. And I think this might be one of, like I said, really the first times that I've seen something like this happen. It's all over um, for people who don't know the trades um, called Ad Week and Ad Age. Um, of course, all you know, advertising agencies and brands are looking at that. Um, I don't know what the sentiment will be exactly, but it's a lead story. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there because, like I said, there'll be a little segue um, from it into my newsletter. And this is very important to think about from a creator point of view and certainly as an exec um, to be able to create equitable deals that really mean more than some type of one-off is going to be critical for market growth and market share in the emerging tech space. So there you have it. What else can I tell you? Really, that's it. I'm trying to keep these around 20-something minutes. Apparently, all data says that that's the sweet spot for people listening. And so here we are at 22.03, at least by the clock on my computer. And so I think that's a good time to wrap it up. Plus, I got a gang of stuff to do. So I just want to thank you so much for listening. If you like this, don't forget to follow if you're listening to this on Apple. If it's um, Spotify, don't forget to give me, you know, five stars, well, on either platform. And, um, you know, I mean, share, review, love it, because, you know, there's really nobody out here looking at the intersection of emerging tech and um, music and entertainment like I am. Oh, and one last thing. I'm working on a very killer event that's going to take place in New York mid-March. Once I have these... Um, Final two confirmations in, hopefully, by the end of the day. So certainly I can tell you about them by next um, episode. Um, you know, hopefully you'll be able to either come out or mark it down on your calendar that you won't want to miss the podcast after that event because I'm going to be breaking it down for you. It's going to be so, so hot, this event. Um, I guess a little hint is like it's a bit of a live extension of what I do here on the podcast each week, but with a little bit of a twist. So there you have it. I hope you have a great rest of the day or night wherever you are. And thank you so much for listening. This has been Beats and Bites, and I'm Lauren Delisa Coleman. Bye-bye.